and welcome to Maybe Baby, the podcast for the parentally undecided. It is finally here. We've made it. We have. It feels good to say that because we've been working on this for almost a year. A longer time than it would take to make an actual child. I knew you would say something like Just that. Just FYI. Do you know what? We've given birth to a podcast yes. instead, which lot, is... A lot less painful. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. A lot less painful. Less tears, marginally. <laughs> But there you go. First of all, I want to say thank you for listening. I guess we should introduce ourselves. I'm Kate Lawler. I'm a radio presenter. I work on Virgin Radio. Massive fan of dogs as well. Mine especially. They're here now. Hi, Baxter. Hi, Shirley. Cool. Um, And I'm also unsure about having kids. Your turn. Right. Hello, I'm Bodge. I'm 35. uh, Sometimes referred to as a discount Jason Statham. Uh, His fat stunt double. (laughs) yourself fat come on you're big boned ah oh, recessive obesity according to those internet scales i got bad move <laughs> don't get that he has actually been told he's obese so yeah I, sh- I need to i need to nail that baby in there now before she changes her mind <laughs> so yeah when i met kate six years ago she said to me on our second date by the way this isn't going anywhere i'm not going out with you I'm not marrying you. I'm not having kids with you. Did I? You d- yes. Second date. You remember this. I don't remember You remember this. That. And I'd like to say I've got two of three now. Well, I've got one and a half because we're getting married next year. So I wanted to complete the hat trick. You did. I'll get a walk away with a match ball. Well. In the shape of a baby. I w- <laughs> Football jokes. There'll be lots of those. Sorry. <laughs> now, the reason we're doing this podcast is because... <laughs> Because I've just held his hands. Why am I holding your hand? It's very sweet. We're so close. It's very sweet. We're just sitting so close to each other. On the floor of I our just... second bedroom, recording on a couple of cardboard boxes. Oh, the budget is not big for Maybe Baby. <laughs> now, the reason we're doing this podcast is because time is not exactly on my side in terms of the old biological clock. Basically, the situation is this. I've never wanted to have children. I met Bodge. I've always seen myself as a dad in the future at some point. But because we couldn't agree, on the best course of action and because we're both so stubborn we thought great idea talk to a bunch of people who know what each stage is like from pregnancy to birth to newborns and actually what better place to start than conception so yeah off the back of their hit tv show about this very subject babies we thought we'd sit down with the very charming exceedingly pretty pair and as you're about to find out very funny vogue williams and spencer matthews we went to their home we bought them wine and then Spencer told us he'd been sober for 300 days. It was very awkward. Well, we bought them biscuits as well. Yeah. Which initially you said was a strange present, but actually it turns out worked quite well. Oh, it did. Yeah. We said, oh, the, the, yeah, you're, you're sober. Yeah, those biscuits are for you. The wine is for Vogue. We had Who no idea. still breastfeeding and not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Any highlights from this episode, Bodge? I think for me, it's the moment, if you listen quite carefully on the podcast, you can hear the moment when me and Spencer become best friends. Really? Yeah, you have to listen quite carefully. Um, But there's a bond. He looked at me and he gave me he gave me a smile. He was like, "Me and you, chums." So you're Bezzies now. Well, I mean, we haven't spoken since, but I don't really want to shatter the illusion by trying to get in touch with him. Yeah, I'm sure he feels the same. Yeah. Um, For me, the story of how Spencer proposed to Vogue was ace. I mean, I was stoked when I found out it involved the Lion King. Of course, that's one of my favourite moments. But anyway, without further ado... Why don't we just dive straight into the first episode? So this is Conception with Spencer and Vogue. We'll be back 
after the episode for a debrief. For a debrief. What we found out, what we feel. Has it brought us any closer to making a decision? Imagine if we decide after this episode. <laughs> it's a very short series. Spoiler alert, we don't. Anyway, episode one, let's go. Sweaty palms. <laughs> so, it's our very first episode of Maybe Baby, and what better way to kick off this series than with a truly star-studded double header and brand new parents to boots. They're, for want of a better word, multi-talented, whether it's presenting, modelling, DJing, writing best-selling books, showing off their skills on TV shows, or displaying their insane six-packs. There's literally nothing they can't do. Their latest achievement may well be their greatest, though. Little Theodore joined them in 2018, and they're now a family of four, including their gorgeous pooch, Winston. It is our pleasure to welcome the UK's answer to Beyonce and Jay-Z. It's Vogue Williams and Spencer Matthews. I'm delighted to be Jay-Z in that. Uh, I'm delighted to be Beyonce. That's our best intro we've ever had. Is it? To be honest, you're you're welcome to come around with us and intro us to everything, (laughs) (laughs) including people that we've never met. Just do that. Guys, literally, thank you so much, first of all, for helping us try and make a decision. We're engaged, but we've we've hit a crossroads already. So I don't even know if we're going to get to the marriage bit. This is a great way to kick off yeah, this episode. I think, I think you're on the fence about kids. Since meeting Bodge, I will say this, I am on the fence. You're both pro-kids, right? Anyone, pro-kids. Anyone against them after having? <laughs> if, if, all our, if all our kids could be like Theodore, we'd have 15 of them. Well, well, not 15, because I'm not being pregnant 15 times. Well, I like, to think of it as, I like to think of it as us actually being pregnant together, and I'd be fine with it, so, that, so no problem. It was really hard for you for that 10 months. It was pretty, like, to be honest, it was tiring. It, it, you know, the whole thing was an uphill battle, but, you know, I'd do it again. Okay, thank you. Now, this episode is all about making a baby uh, into course, putting a bun in the proverbial oven. But before we get to that, We'd both love to know a bit more about how you reached the point of parenthood. So can we just rewind to the beginning and ask how you guys met? We met on The Jump, which is a ski show. That cowbell up there is actually the, the winning trophy. I don't know if anyone... He only I don't won know if you because watched it, I but... got kicked out because I did my leg in. Well, it is true. I actually broke the jump record of all the series combined. And so... when they bring it back, I will break <laughs> his, his record. Unlikely, you'll break your leg again. <laughs> was the record surviving the jump? <laughs> it was, uh, you know what, it, it, it was great. But, you know, the biggest win of that show was coming home with Vogue. Okay. She gave yes. me the wings to produce that world record-breaking <laughs> jump, to be honest, because she, she said to me that, she would go out with me if I won. Yeah. I didn't know I'd had a few drinks. She was begging as well. Yeah, be she, I was she, not begging in the slightest because Spencer... <laughs> she said, did. if you beat international Olympian superstar Lewis Smith at what he should be really good at, <laughs> then I'll go out with you. And I said, okay, fine, that'll probably be quite easy. So. <laughs> and that's, that's it up there. We're looking at it right now. It's so disgusting, isn't it? And now it lives with us forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can we go back to you guys? The next step after you guys met on the jump, mm. after you won, Spencer, congratulations. Thank you very much. By the way. Thanks. Did you move in together after that? We moved in together. Oh God, it was quite quick when you think about it. So we were moving in together, looking for somewhere to rent, and then we found what somewhere. What was quick? Moving in together. Nonsense. Oh yes. Okay. <laughs> David Brent. <laughs> um, we found it. we found somewhere that like the estate agent was very clever, so he brought us somewhere that we absolutely love, which actually is this place, and it was only for sale. 
So we were like, oh God, we found our dream place and then we bought it. So we didn't yeah. just move in together, we actually bought a place Before together. that though, before I'd practically moved into the, um, the West Wing of the hospital that you resided in. Oh, Basically, I, I knew that, you know, she was off the market because she, she'd done a leg in and obviously no one wanted to be with like, you know, the, That's the, the girl, I did really well the girl the in hospital. Race. So I, I was like, perfect. I'll just head over to the hospital when I, I know where she is all the time, you know, so it's not like she can dodge me. So basically I'd, I wouldn't even bother sending messages. I'd just turn up and she'd be in her hospital bed. Sometimes she'd be out of it. Sometimes she'd be willing to chat. Uh, and, I, and I just... <laughs> That's that's where I made my my most significant moves. Yeah, but he turned up when I was actually being brought out of surgery, and he gave me a bunch of flowers, like literally on the bed that they've, I come from surgery. They've uploaded. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> hang on. I posted something before we started the podcast, and, and it, it has gone up. The smile on his face says yeah. it all. I mean, you should have seen him half an hour ago. He nearly punched a wall. Swipe, swipe up for recipe. Okay, good. <laughs> we all now know how to make the perfect naan, thanks to Spencer. There we go. Um, here's what I want to ask you. You proposed. Can we talk about the proposal? Absolutely. Quickly? Whose idea was it to go and see the Lion King? Mine. Spencer. So he'd kind of let, led up to the Lion King though, because over Christmas he was like, "Let's watch the Lion King," and I'm thinking it's not really a movie I want to watch. And it's, then he's like, "We'll watch it. it." And then he got annoyed because I fell asleep. But like, I literally don't really have any interest in the Lion King. The Lion King has every identifiable human emotion in it that's why it's such an amazing film it has love war revenge fear family you know loathing it has all those incredible things and so i i was trying to make vogue watch it on holiday even though it's obviously for five-year-olds i would have said even though it's not 1994 anymore yeah i so, love that you know when the lion king was made it's 1994 it is, yeah. it's my favorite disney film <laughs> yeah oh why don't you two get yeah, married i know well, exactly <laughs> see vogue knows none of this she doesn't even care i had the cassette tape soundtrack <laughs> And I used to listen to it all the time. But I, I, I'd got in touch with The Lion King and I'd said, listen, as part of the show, because obviously everyone's seen it a million times, it won't matter if the show's disrupted. Like, yeah. can I come out on stage at some point? Like, I'll pretend like I need to take a phone call or go to the bathroom or something and I, I'll oh come God. out on stage. This is brilliant. And, and propose to my, wife, to, to my now wife in the middle of the show. And, uh, and they were like, well, no. Because obviously it's a show not about you, and I was like, well, I was like, well, that's that's annoying to say the least. Uh, so 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 I said, I said, is there anything we can do kind of afterwards, maybe? And they were like, well, we can give you like a backstage tour and show you how the whole thing works, and we can gradually just like disappear and leave the two of you on your own. So I was like, okay, yeah, that could work. And I said, can we make it so that it's like that lovely kind of uh, like sunset at the beginning at the end? They were like, well, no, because that's at the beginning. And obviously it'll be the end. So I was like, okay, well, you know, you don't get it if you don't ask, obviously. So so I got all these bits and pieces done and I wanted to propose in this kind of empty auditorium, but I went and checked it out and they were like, at the end, there'll still be like a bunch of people leaving or like people cleaning the auditorium. So do you want the curtains down? And I was like, well, yeah, go on then. I thought it was very nice, but it wasn't quite the kind of dramatic you know moment that I wanted we were kind of just I just bent down on one knee on an empty stage on our own basically was someone sweeping the stage yeah, behind you yeah know, a few people kicking around kind of picking up glasses and stuff and I was like okay well you know we're here now so we might as well Oh, I really wanted you to go out halfway through the show. I would have oh, liked that too. How would that have been? It would no, have been good. I yeah. would have <laughs> I mean, hated it. Imagine. You could have had the ring in that kind of Arsene Wenger. I, I just held it up. <laughs> Arsene Wenger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the closest. <laughs> I can't on. remember how it goes. I cannot believe you don't know the lyrics. 
It's Arsene Wenger, isn't it? Yeah. Arsene Wenger. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Scar and uh, no, Simba. No, Scar, you wish. We oh, really yeah. wanted Scar to come <laughs> we out. We didn't get Scar. No, Simba and Mufasa uh, stuck around for a photo. Um, Not our favourite characters. No, anyway. Scar was probably the best, yeah. But he, he had better yeah. places to be, obviously. So it kind of sounds like you went to Disneyland. And we went to Disneyland on our first date. On your wow. first date? They yeah. haven't invited us back because one of my friends came along and he was not very Disney. His and name's Ricky Gibb, by the <laughs> way. Ricky Gibb. And, and yeah, and he, he was an absolute animal, so we are now no longer invited to Disneyland, despite having a child. <laughs> Yeah. What did Ricky Gibb do? He wasn't on good he form. He was just, well, he was on great form, just not for Disney. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't very Disney. So you proposed, Vogue said yes. Yeah. All we've done is six years, and genuinely it is six Been years. together we've six had, years? Yeah. See, we're envious of that. Yeah. This is this is my longest relationship by miles and we've only been together a couple of years. We're taking it slowly. We only got engaged last year. We've been talking, though, on and off for six years about the whole baby Situation, is it? Oh, it's just a stumbling block. <laughs> situation. It is a situation. It's like the 1950s when you're about to have an abortion. Well, it is a situation because whenever we talk about it, we just both get upset because I don't want kids and you do. Should we wake Theodore up and just whack him? No, out definitely not. <laughs> definitely okay. not. That like well, let's use now. him. Let's That's use one him. future parenting <laughs> tip. Don't wake him. <laughs> let's get him. No, please don't. <laughs> do you guys remember who brought up kids initially? Who's the one that spoke about it first? Um... I oh no! What happened was I did a documentary on women who decide to have children on their own, and so then I got my fertility checked, and the doctor said, "If you're if you want to have kids in the next year or so, you should go off the pill because you've been on it for so long. It might take you a while to get pregnant." So we'd had those discussions, and then we just thought, well, we might as well stop trying not to have a baby now and see how long it takes. And it did not take long. It took about four days. Really? I considered releasing a book called Seriously Strong Swimmers, but, <laughs> but and then I thought it probably won't do as well as my last We book, did so. get lucky, though. It's just like you can only, there's a really small window of when you can get pregnant, and we obviously chose that exact window, and yeah, it happened quite quickly. So although we were ready and we wanted to have a baby, it happened so fast. that We're even, very lucky. Yeah. yeah. That, that It happened so fast that we were kind of shocked. We were like, whoa. I'm pregnant. That's happened with quite a few people, quite a few of my friends who said we stopped being careful mm. and yeah. we fell literally within weeks. But um, some babies aren't conceived on the first try, are they? I've had friends that have had no. multiple miscarriages, multiple sessions mm. of IVF and still mm. not got pregnant. And, it, you know, some, some people take a shitload of practice and procedures. There's factors like your egg quality, sperm count, the timing of your cycle, mm. hormones. It is quite miraculous that you can get pregnant so soon. Right? I know. We were thinking if it happens in a year, we're lucky we're not in a massive rush. So we just decided to just, I stopped taking the pill and then we just saw how it went. We didn't change our sex routine. (laughs) Why did you change the way you said that? Because I hate talking about sex. Uh, Vogue goes around thinking that like her mum is listening to absolutely everything she says. So she's very careful. It's not. Your mum's a big fan of podcasts. Yeah, she is. She's actually, she's here somewhere. (laughs) It's not, no, it's not just that. I have a weird thing. I don't like talking about sex, going in in, in deep about sex. It's just... Not so how does sex differ indeed. when you know you're doing it with the intention to get pregnant? Does it take the romance out of it? I want to ask you that question, though, because for some people, if you know that you're having sex to make a baby and it's 
that's in the back of your mind. Well, I, I guess that it could happen, but for us, we didn't really get to that stage where it did happen. Maybe second time round, when we're like, when I'll actually look at my cycle, and now I've found out that you can, you can at a certain time in the month, it makes it a stronger, I don't know if it's true, a stronger possibility to have a girl and all this. So I'd say I'll be quite what? regimented. <laughs> I want a girl next. <laughs> well, you know, I don't mind what we have, obviously. Little treasures. <laughs> You fell with Theo super quickly and you say like the next time it might, this sounds really bad, I might be generalising here, but my friend who's going to remain nameless for this episode because he'll kill me if I say his name. Rick, Ricky Gibb. My friend Ricky Gibb. Yeah. Um, He's everywhere. He told me that they had, his, him and his missus, they had a kid and by the second time they were trying for a baby, they weren't really into having sex anymore, which is mm. kind of a big deal. So what he used to do was he would stick some porn on and when he was about to finish, he'd shout, quick, I'm coming, and she'd run in and sit on him and bam, no. sperm and eggs collide and that was how they got pregnant. <laughs> Ricky, God. Ricky Gibb, I mean... He could have no. taken it one step further and just kind of gone into the cup and just gone, here, do with this what you will. Basted oh, it in. Oh, you would have thought that the other way it was, you know, actually more admin than than not. It's kind of quite complicated. That. It is, isn't it? It's yeah. like God, what porn do you where, choose? Like, is she waiting in the slips? Yeah, like where is she? Is she downstairs? Where is she dinner? on the subs bench? Yeah, is she just like lying by the side, yeah. under, like under the bed? Um, I've read quite a lot of old wives' tales about how you can increase chances of conceiving. You just mentioned about your doctor saying you've been on the pill. Yeah. And it might take a while. Apparently, your body goes back to normal pretty soon after coming off the pill. That's not what my doctor told me. I think doctors are, you know, they all say different things, don't they? If you go to different gynaecologists, did they say the same thing? I've never even been go, to a gynaecologist. Did your last guy do? I don't have one. No. Is that not a thing? No, I don't have a gynaecologist. That's just Hollywood then. It's more American, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I think, think so. it is. We just go to the doctor and they do a smear there. Yeah, this made me laugh. Have you heard of this? You need an orgasm in order to conceive. Well... Standard. So, Spencer, well done. Thank you. No worries. <laughs> Did you manage it, Spencer? It's actually, well, it must have yeah. Females need an orgasm. So, it says really? here, orgasming is always a plus for us ladies. Uh, but when it comes to conceiving, it's not actually a must. But what it does aid in doing, so if you do orgasm when you're trying, it contracts the uterus, which helps sperm travel towards the fallopian tubes faster. There you go. That so, kind of makes sense when you think yeah. about it. I'm doing pelvic floor exercises. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> The whole lot makes sense to me. But there's, there's always something else happen, as well that if, if a woman orgasms, supposedly there's more chance of a girl. Apparently that's a lie. But I have read that eating yams while trying to conceive will cause twins. What's a yam? Belta. I, I it's a vegetable love... that looks... I think it's... Is that it's a sweet potato. That's what yeah. Americans... So Americans call... This is an American. They're in daddy's home. They're in daddy's home. It's Griff is asking for yams in the fridge. And Mark Wahlberg says... They're in the fridge, do you know what I mean? He goes, I can't see any yams. Uh, and, like, you can't find them. I've wow. always been like, what the fuck's a yam? I thought it was a yoghurt or something. There you go. But apparently, it's not. It's not a thing. It's yeah, not. but you do try all that kind of crap. But, but it did, we did get to the point, so I struggle to listen to any of that crap, you know, when people mm -hmm. go, like, this helps with that or whatever. Just, you know, live life and stuff happens. That's yeah. how I see things. Moments before labour... Vogue would basically think that anything she was doing would induce labour. So, yeah. like, you know, trotting up the stairs. Oh, it helps labour. I was like, no, it doesn't. You're just walking up the stairs. Reflexology? Oh, yeah. it helps labour. We'd go and have, like, a smoothie somewhere and she'd be like, oh, if we go into labour, it's definitely because of the cacao in the smoothie. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, no, it isn't. It's not. You're, go you're going to labour at a set time. Well, there's some things that there's the, the sweep Oh, I had a few you had, of them. You had a few? Mm. That sounds unprofessional. Because I found out what the sweep was. And we, we looked it up on the internet, because obviously research. Yeah, it's basically you're 
whole hand in and then it said don't try it at home yeah well oh my God. Reckon, was it off to the rest to be fair there wasn't a diagram so i from maybe i just i think i can remember we filmed that bit didn't we for spencer vogan baby 2 and uh <laughs> we, it, we didn't it, film it, the actual bit well no it was there and remember dr vasso yeah. touched the the piggy's head and and i was quite surprised by that because i just wasn't expecting it to and she said yeah no i felt the baby and i was like you what <laughs> you know what i mean it's a bit like one second we're just having a chat. The next she's, you know, had a hand on his head. So obviously you fell pregnant quite quickly. Yeah. yeah. Did you know, I mean, did you test straight away? I'm not an expert how it works. So um, we, we were joking about it because we had a feeling that we she might We were with family be. in Glen Affric for Christmas. And like the whole time we were like, oh, folks pregnant. Blah, blah, blah. There I was drinking away and like just, I just didn't feel the best. I remember arriving in Glen Affric and I was like, I feel like I've been hit by a bus. I need to sleep for a week. I'm so tired. I am that bus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we joked about it for ages. And then we left on the 27th of December and we got to Amsterdam airport. And we were like, okay, let's do a test in Amsterdam Classy. Airport. In, in Amsterdam Airport. It is a it. nice airport, though. The toilets right. are good nice, there. Yeah. Oh, if you're going to find out you're pregnant at any airport, do it in Schiphol. Yeah. Yes. I'd motored through a good, a good bottle of that kind of revolting paint stripper kind of wine that they had in the lounge. Okay. And, uh, and uh, I thought she was joking. She came out of the bathroom and she was like, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant. And I was like, yeah, sure, grab us another bottle. <laughs> and, uh, and, and she was, which is which was so great. Out. What was your feeling at that point, Spencer? Because, I mean, for me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's have a baby. But if Kate turned around and said, I'm pregnant, I'd be like, ow. Like, quite a lot's changed. Like, I'm, I'm completely sober now and stuff, and it's not really because of that. So I think differently to before. At the time, I was drinking quite a lot. And, like, I can remember it sort of dawning on me. And I, I can remember thinking like, Ooh, life's going to change a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> you I, I went like, a bit mute. Yeah, I was kind of processing it. And I did suddenly, you know, in my mind then I was kind of like, oh, wow, in nine months, like, you know, the person I am now is going to have to be completely different. So it was a bit of a wake up call, even though we wanted it. But I wasn't expecting it then. So it was a little bit of a shock. But it was like a happy shock. You know, we went away and had a lovely time and told my godfather first, actually, that evening because we were on our way to France. And uh, I know it was it was it was never anything but great news. But it was a bit like I thought we'd at least be kind of watching the time tick kind of like okay well like why aren't we pregnant yet or like you know what can we do to speed this up? There was none of that. It happened only because it was the first week since we'd stopped. Um. Being careful. But I don't think it's, I just don't think it's anything that you'd ever be completely ready for. Like you say, yeah, we're ready to have a baby and we were ready to have a baby. And then you do the pregnancy test and it's like, oh God, oh my God, I didn't think it was. And it is a shock. And I think even the next time around, it will still be a shock. What was your first reaction? You know, when you saw the line I just started laughing because I was like, oh, oh." I bought, I bought tampons on a pregnancy test. We only did. It was one of the other. (laughs) We only did four oh more. God. We only did four more tests. I've had six more. <laughs> the hard, oh, wow. the hard thing about it is not really being able to tell anyone for three months. That's hard because, like, well, we're we told practically everyone. We're though. not. Yes. We're not particularly kind of private people, and we enjoy telling everyone everything. Really, so like, we were clucking to tell everyone. And then we tell told them. a lot of people. It's a yeah. weird thing, isn't it? Because it's that three month thing that everyone like yeah. apply. You know, no one will say anything before, and I can understand because obviously the health issues and stuff like that. But yeah, it must be quite difficult. It is, especially when you feel so awful and everyone's like, oh, why? the drinking thing. Why aren't you drinking? Just have a drink, have a drink. I'm trying to get through that. I had dry January, so it was fine. Ah. I was like, oh, I might continue dry January. This is going really well for me. The perfect time to get yeah. pregnant and you keep You did quite a, a good job of, of covering it. I got a call from Jamie Lang saying, mate, uh, 
buddy, please, uh, like, tell me this isn't true. I've just heard a rumour. And there's my mind going, who the fuck has told him? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Did you, you find know, out? Like, yeah, because he found out. From, like, you know when you tell someone, like, okay, listen, I'll tell you something, but definitely don't tell anyone else. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, it's a proper secret. Like, Vogue's pregnant. Oh, my God. Ten minutes later, you get a call from someone else going like, "Oh my god, it's like you animal!" Like I, li- I literally told you, like not. Was it to Ricky tell Gibb? Him. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky <laughs> Gibb. Shouldn't trust Poor him. Poor Ricky. Yeah, Ricky Gibb's out. To be honest. Oh my goodness, it was so Ricky Gibb who told Jamie. <laughs> Lang. It would have been, yeah. It would have been. I feel like we're at school. Ricky Gibb told know, Jamie Lang. Oh my god. And then, and then it's the best bit. And then you've got Jamie who won't tell me who told him. So it's yeah. like it, it, I was just like, okay, <laughs> Jamie. Yeah, it is true. But like you know, I didn't not tell you in particular. I'm just not telling anyone really. Out of interest, who did tell you? It's like, I can't tell you that. It's like, what? Like, it doesn't work both ways. You've got to tell me where the leak is so I can block it. Ricky Gibb. Ricky Gibb. (laughs) That's who it was. It was bloody Ricky Gibb. (laughs) Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So with when you kind of, as you said, you kind of had to change your life. Because obviously your life changed quite dramatically because obviously Vogue at that point, you can't drink, you can't smoke, you can't do anything, you know, all mm-hmm. the fun stuff. Yeah. And I said to Kate before, you know, when you become pregnant, I'll stop drinking. And then I went away and I thought about that. And I thought, <laughs> that doesn't sound like a realistic thing to do. <laughs> Not that I drink a lot, but just like nine months is a long time. Mm. It's a long did, time. So when did you, I mean, did you just go, okay, I'm going to stop now or? Not at the beginning, no. no, no not. He was the, horrendous. Well, all you right. You were horrendous. No, okay, no, I wasn't horrendous. Horrendous. I, I enjoyed a drink. All of my jobs in the past revolved around drinking practically, which I know sounds fun, but actually it was just a part of life. So like, you know, what, I was a trader in the city. Lots of drinking. I was, uh, you know, I was, ran nightclubs. Lots of drinking. PR, tons of drinking. You know, made in Chelsea constantly drunk do you know what I mean <laughs> just like can't film otherwise you know and, and, and then like you know it goes on and on and on and on you know always had to be drunk um, so no excuse but that's pretty much why it was force of habit you know you had to wean yourself off yeah. well no I, I, I suddenly just decided actually I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go sober for a bit and then went sober for a bit and loved it so much that I'll never drink again I'm 300 days sober on Tuesday I never yeah. knew this I'm yeah. so glad we bought you a bottle of wine yeah. that, was, that was good I <laughs> know oh, it's fine I'm not one of those you like, bought biscuits cluck- for him we bought I'm, biscuits though. I'm not one of those like clucking alcoholics you guys crack on drink whatever you want but no I, I realised it kind of dawned on me that actually like I've spent a lot of time you know drinking and stuff and I was like I've probably had my fair share don't really need any more and also you, you spend a month off it and you're my mind was just like so different and productive and you know sporty and athletic you look better and everything for me just made far more sense as well as being just a better husband in general to Vogue so I thought actually I'll just knock it on the head the drinking thing is hard though it's definitely hard at the start but I think now that I'm used you to you love a binge drink yeah, I only binge drink, really, to be honest. So, <laughs> Vogue, Vogue's one of those people that hates the taste of alcohol, but will drink a whole bottle just to get, like, just to feel pissed. Oh, the, no. opposite, the opposite of me. No, I, used to, I used to just, I used to actually really enjoy the taste of whiskey or whatever. And I'd have, like, three or four whiskeys on, like, a night out. But I'd always go to bed 
fine. Vogue opposite. Vogue will sit down and just go in until she can't move and then, <laughs> yeah. and then like complain about drink. it for a week. I know that Spencer's sober. He tells me, oh, well, you started binge drinking at around nine o'clock last night. So that's why you feel the way you do. <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, now I'm high horse. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, literally, I'll walk in and just be like, oh, you're not feeling great, are you? And she'll be like, no, I feel shit. I'll be like, serves you right. <laughs> so, so there. At what point into your pregnancy did Spencer, did you stop drinking? June 13th. That's our anniversary. That's very kind of you. <laughs> very thoughtful. Okay, so you did it together. Once the... Well, no, I, I did it from the January. <laughs> Spencer joined in June. <laughs> yeah. Quite a lot of time alone. What was that feeling like, having somebody drink while you... Do you know what? It was, it was having so many people around. You, for, you, you realise how many events there are, but, like, you're so tired when you're pregnant that you don't even really want to. You have to go to bed at, like, 11. So even if you want to stay up, you're just so tired, you just go to bed. Just because, biologically, you know, we don't have to be pregnant does not mean that we have to go through everything you guys go through. Come on. But I appreciate you. I think support. on one level, yeah. I'd like to say, yes, I am that guy. But yeah. deep down, I'm not. You don't want to end you up aren't. being shady either. You don't want to yeah. end up like no. when you're not together, you have a couple of quick drinks and then like, you lie about it. It's you like know, a that, vodka that, that, at yeah. work yeah. Yeah. Quick, at quick, 9 a.m. Quick vodka what? in the morning, yeah, just yeah. before you brush your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, darling, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think it, within reason. So how, just kind of probably jumping forward, but how soon after the birth did you have a drink? Because... After nine months, Vogue, you must have been like, God, I am... No, no. you think you would be. You're not at all. Because I had all these... I was like, okay, once I've had the baby, then you're breastfeeding. So you can't really... You're kind of still pregnant when you're breastfeeding because it's the same thing. Like, you can't drink, you can't smoke obviously but Vogue's not Vogue's not a massive drinker never really has been like you know where, whereas I'd find it perfectly normal to have a couple of drinks every single day and like go to bed sober a lot of the time like I'd social drink or just have a glass of wine with dinner or yeah. have a beer with lunch or whatever that would just be totally normal to me that's never normal to her so she yeah. might have a night per week maybe where she'd have like a few vodka and tonics or a few vodka sodas or whatever and then feel a bit shit the next day so for her giving up wasn't like giving up muesli if you love muesli because she didn't have it every day drinking is a weird one you're going into an establishment and paying to poison yourself it's like here please make me feel shit you know and here's some money for it but great for a few hours so much fun for a few hours i had one of my uh, alcohol free gin and tonics the other day and genuinely like on the way to the airport felt a bit pissed because it was that good because the memory the, pl- the placebo I, of it. I have to say i did dry january and i was doing a lot of non-alcoholic beer yeah and it's all right isn't it well normally when you have a few beers at lunch and you're like oh i'm a bit woozy and i'm pretty yeah. unproductive now yeah and then you come back you're like oh i'm okay this yeah. Is good. yeah it's like you have the same yeah. lovely feeling of like drinking in the sun and having a great time and then you drive off and have a meeting yeah belter what advice would you give to anyone listening who's thinking of trying for the very first time for a baby uh, I would say don't put pressure on yourself. You're going to still be shocked when it happens. Enjoy it. Enjoy the time of making a baby. A lot, lot of negativity surrounding kind of, you know, parenthood and, and, you know, how things should be done and pregnancy and how scary it is. Mm-hmm. I think as long as you're happy with your partner, which you guys clearly are, clearly love each other. We do. It, it's, it's an experience that you go through together, you know, and as much as it can drive some couples apart, I think, you know, if the love is real and you guys are really together then in every sense of the word it will only do good for you 
And you said you didn't want things to change between the two of you. I don't feel like our lives have changed that dramatically. Obviously, well, I'm, a, I'm a better bloke, so. Yeah, I think that we still upgrade. can go out. Yeah, yeah it is. It you is got, an upgrade. You, you got a free upgrade. Didn't even pay for it. I but I can't believe you said that because most people I've spoken to said your lives change so dramatically. Maybe it's just the way that we like our lives now, but everything does revolve around him. He comes first. You feel super organised. But it's so much fun. Like, I put him to bed tonight and I was like, I said to him, I was like, I can't wait to see you in the morning. And I genuinely cannot wait to see him in the morning. But I'm annoyed that he's asleep right now. And he can still go out and do stuff. Like, uh, family, when Spencer's mom's over, when my mom's over, like, that's a free babysitter. Keep that in mind. And also, we do have somebody that helps us for 15 hours a week for when we're working and stuff. So you can work around it. We are quite lucky in the the sense that, like, he he is, like, very happy, smiley, like, well-behaved, cute, you know, all that stuff. So obviously it makes it, you know, if... If he was an absolute nightmare yeah. and we were sleep deprived, we might get at each other a bit. We might resent each other a bit if we're not pulling our own weight or whatever. Mm-hmm. We don't have any experience of that because... Well, we were for, sleep deprived for a while. Yeah, I was just extra nice to you. Whatever. All down to this woman, 100%. Pardon, for Theo or for you guys? Because yeah. I could do with a sleep trainer. I cannot sleep. Oh, no. So, yeah. oh, no. But then you're fine. Oh, oh I'm just grumpy always, so it's fine. No, it's, we you don't, don't seem grumpy. You seem absolutely lovely, to be honest. We, yeah. I, if I were you, I'd have his child. <laughs> yeah I would there you go you and, and he's ferociously good looking that's the last compliment you're getting yeah. <laughs> isn't he and he's lovely he's, he's really good looking and, and like yeah I mean if I lost all my hair I'd look dreadful whereas he looks amazing it's yeah. misplaced actually <laughs> so uh, that's very kind. I, he I has got know. a massive head, though, and his mum said if he'd have come first, she would have never had another baby because his head was so big it almost tore in half. I was a big baby as well. They say that boys are always taller than their mothers. Yeah. I just can't wait to see a taller version of me. Like, <laughs> like I've always wondered what I'd be like if I was taller. He and, really and like, does look like you, but he's he's got your mouth, I think. My giant Your yeah. smile. Big he's mouth. so happy all the time. I do love watching him on Instagram. I've got to say, as kids go, he's a good one because he's just so adorable and there's, he's always happy. There's actually nothing worse as well when new parents kind of run up to you and like show pictures of their baby oh and God, stuff. Because on, honestly, like I could not care less, but I, but I do that now. You know, I'm that guy. So I yeah. maybe have a bit more sympathy for them now. So that's where it changes, right? Because you love your own child yeah. but anyone else you're just like yeah I don't really care yeah, or, or yeah. like um, I think my kid's better looking but you'd never say that Theodore he had a strange shaped head when he was born so is, we thought he was really cute but maybe not everybody thought he was cute but this is what another thing that I hate about social media not that we've spoken about social media <laughs> is it puts people in a position where they have to say certain things like yeah. you know if I showed if I, if I took a picture off Google of like a gargoyle and I pretended that that was my, you know, that, that was my Scaly baby. child. Yeah. Every, everyone would have to say like, oh, your child's beautiful. And, and that you're forcing people to lie, yeah. you know. So what, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Why I think just say nothing. It would so, be refreshing if someone just went, nah, he's not doing it for me. <laughs> no comment. I'd like to see my lawyer, please. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. no, what's your, do you like it? I'd like, like to, I'd like to exercise my Fifth Amendment right <laughs> to be silent. Honestly, just tell me what you think of him, lawyer. You're blinded by it. When Theodore was born, he was pulled out quite aggressively, it seemed, but with this big suction cup. And, and like, a plunger. Like our, yeah. our doctors, you know, she, she's, she's lovely, like a very attractive, lovely woman, but she, she's quite strong. But she, you know, she clearly knows what she's doing. And anyway, she's, she's pulling like his head out. And you're told to be really careful with a child's head, aren't you? You know, oh, be careful, put a pillow under it and stuff. She's like pulling his head out. And like, you know, you can see her arms tensing and stuff. And I was just like, this is odd. He came out and he had a very long, like flat a cone. head. 
I looked at it and I was like, oh, you know, maybe this is just normal. And you kind of find any excuse under the sun to just think like, oh, well, this must be what all babies look like. And, and then like you look back at old pictures and it's like, his head looks like he's been really run over by bad. a dump truck. I, I feel weird because... You know, sending the photos out to family and stuff and not getting any reply, I now know... Even my mom didn't respond to the text because she was like, oh my God, there's something wrong with the child. <gasps> when yeah. she saw the picture, he said, the worst. I, I would never have let you send that picture. He had a double head. You needed two <laughs> hands to hold his head. Yeah. It was so long. Well, he is a genius, obviously. He's a it goes back to brain. normal, thankfully. I was about to say, how the heck does a baby's head go back Because to- it's not fully formed properly. Imagine, like, imagine having wow. like a massive rolling pin and then... And then really, really slowly just rolling over like a football to the point where, you know, you wouldn't actually be able to crush a football fully with a rolling pin. It would just get to the point where it looks like a kind of egg egg pancake mm-hmm. situation. And, uh, and yeah, and, you know, it, it, was, it was very strange. I can remember thinking, crikey. Did you have to get a bigger cot? Oh. No, you know, you, yeah, you know that you know those uh, rasters with all the dreadlocks, and they have the beanies. <laughs> yes, yeah. And you never know if actually they're full of hair or whether or not it's just a really cool hat. It was like that. Oh, who's John Legend's wife? Oh, Chrissy oh, Teigen. Oh, Chrissy yes. Teigen. She Very put a photo it. of her baby I in a her. skull cap to try and change the shape of Because they get head. a flat head as well because you're, you actually have to... They'll lie on one side, so one side goes quite flat, so you have to turn their head when they're asleep. Theodore's got this one, like, bald patch on the back of his head, yeah. which I absolutely love. It's like someone's taken a razor and shaved a line in his head. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I always play with it. <laughs> is it silky smooth? Is yeah. it really soft? Well, because of the Lion King thing, I, I often like. I wish I could pick him up from like the back of his neck, but Scott he hasn't. He neck. hasn't quite got the skin. <laughs> I've also read where you said you weren't really ready, but after nine months, you're there. When does it change? When do you know? Okay, I'm. I'm ready now. Oh God, not until they arrive. I don't think because even when you're all that organised, and then you're thinking, oh, oh no, my whole life is going to be really different. And I think that's people being really negative because before I had Theodore, it's like, oh well, sleep now because you're never going to get a night's sleep again. It's like we sleep and, fine, thanks. The baby sleeps about twenty hours a day, yeah. so we'll sleep the and same then, time as him. But then it's like, and your life will never be the same. And people just terrified me so much. And then when he came along. It just didn't feel like that. And it, and it wasn't like that. And I think that you've heard so many people say all these negative things. And it's just not always the case. Also, babies, like when they're brand newborns, they sleep all the time. All the time. So if you're short on sleep, have a kid. Because work won't mind if work? you're not there because you've got a kid. Yeah. So just go to bed. Isn't it four hours they wake up every four hours without Serious? fail? Oh, he was asleep for about 20 hours every day. So if you're ever in danger, just just whack him in the cot thing by the bed. And the sleepy I, I, head. You need the, sleepy, sleepy the sleepy head. head or whatever and just go to sleep. You'll wake up, trust me, when he wakes up. So yeah, of all course. Good. He's like the human alarm clock, so you don't even need that anymore, do you? Like, Currently we have Shirley, our dog, who sex attacks us Shall call it a sex at 7.30. Shirley sex attack at well, 7.00. Hang on, so when you're having sex, it attacks you. <laughs> <laughs> It's no, she gives us a sex attack because she basically just jumps on us in the morning and just snogs our face. Oh. So we oh, call it a Shirley God. sex attack. But I'm... we basically, it's like having a child. She wakes us up every day at 7am yeah. yeah. without fail. And I'm like, this is 7am. A kid will be getting up at 5. Why don't three, you just put the dog two. like elsewhere? We could. Where does Winston sleep? In our room. There you go. If he licks me once, like he'd be he, out. Excuse me, he doesn't sleep in our bed, but when I go away, he sleeps in the bed with Spencer. Guys, thank you so much for um, taking time out to talk to us about parenthood. Uh, this is the first episode. I feel like it hasn't convinced me... Oh, well done. ...anymore <laughs> that I want a kid, but it hasn't put me off anymore. In I, fact, if I'm going to be honest, 
it has convinced me a little bit that it won't be so bad because all I've heard are just, you know, stories of how tired I'm going to be and how much my life will change. But here's the thing. We've got dogs now. We have pretty wholesome lives. We don't go raving anymore. Yeah. We go, yeah. we love like staying in and having a takeaway. On the weekends, we go for dog walks. So you've got an excuse. You when, you ha- when you have good, a good man as well in your life, you know, who can lighten the load and do all of that stuff like me. Yeah. <laughs> and you, mate. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, honestly, it's a fun little journey, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it's obviously the most responsibility we've ever had. And, you know, we still work all the time. You know, there's not a minute that goes past where we're not thinking of how to, you know, better whatever it is that we're doing. And it's, uh, it's fine. And I know this is an awful question because everybody always asks it once you've had a baby. Is like, oh, when are you going to have another one? But you guys have said that you want four kids, right? Yeah. You yeah, do. Four. Well, maybe three. Definitely three, maybe four. I've already hidden the pills. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you're going to have three babies. You're mental. If you have one, you'll want loads. Nah. No, you don't. Why don't, have you, why don't you eat yams and have twins? Apparently, non-identical twins are more likely to have twins than identical twins. I think twins so, would just be epic. I'd love to have little twins. Do you know what would fucking happen to me, wouldn't it? Don't yeah. I can't imagine to. where the twins would go. You're tiny. Here's hoping it never happens. Hopefully, you'll be put off by episode eight. Thanks for not doing a good job, guys. It's an mm. absolute pleasure. It's it's <gasps> the best you. thing that's ever happened to us. This podcast. Yeah, and the child. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast first, Theo second. (laughs) It's actually a really fun podcast. We wish you all the best. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for giving up drinking on our anniversary as well. It's very fun. Oh, yeah, thanks for that. It's a great present. That's all right. Thanks to Ricky as well. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Ricky Gibbs. (laughs) Uh, If anyone needs a babysitter, don't ask Ricky Gibb. No, he's a avoid at all costs kind of guy. <laughs> That's harsh. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? He's just not very Disney. He's just not very Disney. What a review. That was a great description of somebody, wasn't it? I'd be Vogue. devastated if I was told I was not very Disney. <laughs> we all want to be Disney. Yeah. Um, a huge thanks to Vogue and Spencer. We had a lot of fun recording that episode. It was good. I do feel like they'd lucked out with Theo. Like, I wonder, I wonder if they'd be this happy without a decent night's sleep in six months. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, for all my pro-baby chat, I do have one main fear, and that's you being really sleep-deprived and then yelling at me for the many things I do that annoy you. You could stop doing them. Yeah, touche, I could. (laughs) I mean... Stop doing them. Yeah. I mean, we can discuss it. Anyway... (laughs) Since we recorded that episode, Spencer Vogue and Baby 2 has been commissioned for a second series. I love this. Make sure you catch up on um, the first series on E4 if you haven't already, because it's pure joy. Now, the point of this podcast is to help us decide whether or not we want kids. So what we're going to do at the end of each episode is have a look back and see if what we learned from the episode makes us more pro or against having kids. Should so, I pull out tonight or should I? <laughs> should I? Yes. Precisely. I think actually with conception, we're a bit lucky because, well, I'm lucky because I think conception is definitely one of the easier ones to get you on board with. (laughs) Yeah, obviously conception is the most fun bit, but something to consider if you do finally decide uh, to go for it and make a baby, be prepared to fall straight away. I think this is the crazy thing because we've heard stories from everyone where it hasn't happened for years to it's literally happened instantly with Spencer's seriously strong swimming. (laughs) From talking to friends, people I know well who are parents already, it's taken at least a few months. I don't think there's an average. I think it's literally fate will creep up on you and then punch you in the face. So, (laughs) cheers for that life. Uh, Let's end on a fun fact, Bodge. I'd love a fun fact, you know me. All right, here goes. Within the general population... 
the chances of having twins is about one in every 89 births. However, big however, if you're a fraternal twin, so non-identical, like I am, then your chances of having twins may increase to as many as what? Okay, so we start one in 89, I think, uh, let's say one in 36. New. Go on. One in seven. What? Are you serious? (laughs) One in seven. I don't think we could have two. That's a bit much. Be careful what you wish for, son. That is a high percentage. Ow. Okay. Well, on that bombshell, <laughs> if you enjoyed listening and want to hear more, click subscribe or follow if you're listening on Spotify, and then our next episode will be delivered straight to your phone. And if you really liked it, give us a good rating on iTunes as it really does help us up the charts. And it does help with our fragile egos as well. They're very fragile. And finally, we're going to be doing a halfway Q&A halfway through the series funnily enough so if you've got any questions for bodge or myself or you just want to get in touch with us we'd love to hear from you just email maybebabycast at gmail.com right you said once we're done we can go and get ice cream and i want ice cream i know what it's like with these ice cream based promises i can't break them thank you so much for listening we're going to get ice cream until next time <laughs>